This is Bumping Into, where we have interesting conversations with people from all walks of life. Welcome everyone to another episode of Bumping Into. I'm your host, Francis Populin, and today we have an exceptional guest joining us, a man who has seamlessly woven success stories in both the business world and the music industry. Get ready to be inspired as we uncover the remarkable journey of none other than David Lowy. The Lowy name is synonymous with innovation, hard work and passion. David's father was the founder of shopping centre giant Westfield. Frank Lowy pioneered groundbreaking concepts that revolutionised the way we experienced shopping centres and took the Westfield name global. David was there from the first deli in Sydney and spent years working his way up through the ranks of the Westfield business alongside his father as managing director. David's interests and experiences are as far-reaching as the Westfield business. He has built a name for himself in the aviation space, runs a private investment fund, and as an international rock star. He's the driving force behind the iconic rock band The Dead Daisies, who are just about to release their best-of album to celebrate 10 years of rock and roll. In today's episode, we'll dive into the many narratives of David Lowy's life and his family's story. So whether you're here for the business side or a music enthusiast, prepare to be captivated by the incredible journey of David Lowy and the story of the Dead Daisies. Hey, David, how are you going? Hi, good. How are you going? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks, mate. Thank you very much yeah. for, for offering the time. No problem. No problem. Haven't heard that accent for a while other than myself. <laughs> Was well, it not too many of us over there? No, no, not no, too many. Well, mm. what I wanted to do, um, if you're up for it, is I wanted to sort of start, uh, go back to, to the, you know, your growing up um, with, you know, into the Westfield years, uh, that sort of yeah. the, the life that you lived, sure. and then work work our way into the, the music side with the Dead Daisies. Okay, yeah. Um, okay. If you're up for Happy it. Happy to do that. Yeah. What I, I came across a podcast that had your, your dad was a guest um, and he spoke about yourself on there and he was talking about the oh, yeah. early days um, yeah. of when he had the deli in Sydney yeah. and he had the coffee shop and he mentioned yeah. yourself and he said that, yeah. um, that, you know, you were a little kid and that you, um, that you used to get dropped off to your grandparents' place, I think it was. So My grandmother, yeah. That puts you in quite a unique position because you've, you've seen – the origin story, uh, you know, you've yeah. been part of it as a little kid seeing this. I lived it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then to think of from a deli and a coffee shop to the, the Westfield shopping centres. I mean, it's one thing sure. to go to little arcade shopping centres, which is an achievement in itself, but then to, the, yeah. to these monsters. Um, yeah. did, did you ever think as a kid, could you ever have foreseen where that was heading? No, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think about it that way. Um, my father was very ambitious and uh, very smart and incredibly hardworking. And I guess that's what I've seen my since I was a little boy. I, I used to go with him. I used to, yeah, I used to go to the to the deli, I remember, on the train out to Blacktown. And then I recall going to building sites with him once he started in the, you know, started building small shopping centres and doing land subdivisions. I went with him every week. He worked seven days a week. And I went with him on the weekends to uh, to building sites since I'm five years old. So, you know, I've 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 grown up I've grown up in that environment, and uh, and um, yeah, it's been a look. He's it's been a phenomenal uh, success story he's had. And then, um, you know, he came from very difficult circumstances and was very uh, 
you know, being a Holocaust survivor and um, and is very driven. And Australia yeah. was an unbelievably unbelievable land of opportunity. And 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 such, you know, we're so grateful to Australia because it took, my father came there as a penniless <laughs> refugee, not refugee, but immigrant. You know, yeah. he'd already um, he'd gone from Europe. Uh, the Holocaust. He was interned by the British in Cyprus on his way to what was then Palestine. Then he uh, fought in the War of Independence for the State of Israel, and then uh, so he was in another war already. Then in 1952, he came to Australia because it's a very long story. But his mother and siblings managed to go from Europe to Australia because his sister married somebody that had a relative in Australia. So he went to be reunited with his with his mother and his uh, siblings, and uh, and. I, I never forget. My, my dad tells me the story. He arrived. He could hardly speak English, and he had a job as a storeman and packer somewhere. And uh, and he says, that, well, he, he 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 was friendly with the guys he was working with, and they said to him, "Mate, don't worry. She'll be right. You're in the right place. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you'll be you'll be right in this country." Some some words like that. And uh, so and they, and 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 he was. And then you know he started. Had this phenomenal success early on and through incredible hard work. But you you know, anybody who's also very successful and doesn't admit they're lucky is is fooling themselves also. So you yeah. have to be you have you have to be smart, you have to work very hard, but you also have to be very lucky. And yeah. and he had a he had those three. And then myself, I, I mean I I'm the eldest of my, my brothers. I'm eight years old and my youngest, four years old and my middle brother and it was a natural thing for us to go and work in the business with him. Uh, I never really thought about much else, even though growing up, I, I, I learned piano as, as a child. My mother played piano and uh, I had a little garage band in my mid teen years. And I actually played bass guitar. So I, I had a love of music. And uh, at the same time, I always wanted to be a pilot. So I grew up with these things, but knowing that, it was just a natural thing for me to do to, um, um, you know, go into the, go into the into the business. Uh, of course, I had to earn my way. There. I had to go to university. I needed to get a university degree. I couldn't just go in. And yeah. uh, and uh, I worked there in my school holidays as a teenager. I did I in in the early malls that we'd built in the sixties. Um, my first job uh, in the summer holidays in, in was in Burwood, Westfield Burwood. I clean the toilets. Okay, wow. so I my my father started me at the bottom. So uh, we've all been brought up with a very solid work ethic, and um, yeah. and, and and it's stood us in good stead. Of course, as I said, yeah. we got we were very lucky. We're in the right place and um, at the right time. Um, but uh, yeah, so all I've yeah. seen is you know ambition, hard work, and well, and and a dose of luck. It's it's obviously by him making you start at the bottom that creates the blueprint for for everything onwards because it's obviously when you see the the those generational curses where they get everything handed to them and then they turn it into a mess when they take the reins over is um is that they never had to see the struggle you know if you understand how the building's built you'll understand how to how to run it and fund it and and look after it yeah having said that each generation has its struggles you've got the entrepreneur founder. Uh, who has special qualities, and then you've got the second generation's <laughs> got to try and live up to it as best they can. <laughs> uh, you know, one does, we do our best, um, 
but but my dad's an unbelievable entrepreneur and uh uh and he's taught my, myself and my brothers a thing or two along the way and uh yeah and and we've, we've got kids and grandkids myself and my brothers so that we we it's a challenge for us too so and are they all involved with with your other activities as well no 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 uh so i have uh, one son work one son works with me one son has his own business my daughter's uh, just finished law school here in new york so oh, uh oh. yeah they're doing their own thing and my brother's kids do their own thing as well it's not uh we don't have ambition for this grand <laughs> you know um um thing you know we each yeah. do our own thing with our own families to, to it's not a dynasty you know it's not, yeah. nothing like that we don't see it like that you know we've got yeah. obligations and but uh yeah when you were in there as a team back in the westfield days did you have yeah. that um that thing where you each played to your strengths or was there a lot of you know argy bargy between the the group the family group or was it a thing of, well, I know you're best dealing with people. You deal with that. I know you're best dealing with the, the law side. You know, did you each have your own area yeah. that you're stuck in your own corners? More or less. We more or less had that. We, 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 we're lucky in a way because our intellects are very similar. We're each, each as unsmart as each other. So <laughs> we're each as dumb as each other. So our intellects are the same, but our, our personalities are different and our strengths and weaknesses are different. So I guess... I guess the uh, you know the combination of everything worked for us, uh, and uh, and uh, it's not without its challenges. You know, yeah. it's not to say we we didn't have disagreements and and uh, difference of opinion, but you know, in the end, we work it out. We work it out. We have to work it out. Um, yeah. One for all, and all for one. But it's but it's a challenge for all of us, and uh, um, it's it's uh, it's. Uh, it's worked out. It's worked out well for us. Is you know in 2018, um, that was when when you you sold the Westfield part of it yeah. off. Was that yeah. from an emotional point of view? I mean, that's huge part of your life. You saw it grow from yeah. from you know the, yeah. the little bean. Yeah. Is that is there any emotional ties at that level? You know, I I would sort of think that even um, when a, a, a plumber retires or sells his one two man business, you know, he's giving away something of himself and calling that end. Something that was you were that involved with that many days working on per well, week. Yeah, was there any emotional well, re- bit? Well, for myself, I actually left Westfield in two thousand. I worked oh. there from as as you know in my teenage years and school and finished university. I went to went to work. I didn't have a gap year, and I went. To, I finished my last university exam on a Friday. I went to work Monday. So. Um, and and so I worked there from I started at the end of seventy six. I finished university and I left it as an executive uh at the beginning of two thousand. So I, I worked for twenty three, twenty four years there and fortunately um I was able to uh I wanted to do something different. I really did. I'd I'd done that for twenty twenty five odd years, twenty six yeah, years and time. I wanted to do something different and uh fortunately you know whatever i could do my my brothers could do equal or better than me and my dad uh fortunately for me had no desire to retire so i was able to uh leave the business um it was a big public company and i really wanted to be in a private business 
which would then give me time to do things like music and right. aviation. And, and fortunately, my, uh, my family was, um, my father and my brothers were comfortable to let me do that. And we did sell a small part of our shareholding in the company uh, just before then. And I then took that, those funds and created an investment business as a partnership for myself and my, and for my, for the four of us, for my father and my brothers and myself. So since 2000, I didn't work as an executive at Westfield. So when it ultimately got sold, it was, it was um, harder for my brothers and my dad, but you know, every, everything has a time. And my, my, you know, my father actually hasn't looked, he thought it would be a big emotional wrenching for him, but it actually, it's not, it's not, um, uh, and it, we've moved on. <laughs> yeah, oh. he's moved on, and uh, it had its time. It served its purpose for him, and it was an unbelievable success story. Yeah. Uh, and he, uh, when we sold in in two thousand and eighteen, he was um, uh, eighty eight. And okay, he's yeah. done it. Uh, I wasn't there anymore, uh, working as an executive. And my brothers also were, were keen. Okay, let's 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 move on to the next chapter. So, um, but yeah, it was emotional in one way. And then the day after we did it, everybody was okay. It's also you know running a big public company. It's a huge responsibility. Oh huge. yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, the pressure. You've got, you, you, you've got you know a, a lot of employees, and you've got shareholders. You've got you've got a lot of stakeholders. You've got the government. Yeah. <laughs> you've got the you've got the local communities each of the shopping centers in and, and you've got to do your best for everybody if you you've got to do well for yourself but you've got to, your employees have to do well your customers the retailers have to do well and you want to you want to be a good corporate citizen and there's a lot of pressure in, in all that and everybody had done it for a long time and and uh i guess for us you know things have their time yeah and for us 2018 it was time Wow, I guess that's good. It was a it 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 sounds like it felt like a natural progression rather than anything it, else. Yeah, it was. It was it wasn't natural. It was a natural yeah. progression. We'd had thought about it before a few times, but it wasn't time. Obviously, otherwise yeah. it would have happened. Yeah. Is um so once you were you were freed up then it, you know in the into the private space and obviously that is that yeah. when you you could then start doing these other projects that are more aligned with your passion. And passions yeah. as such, yeah. Yeah. So, well, for two reasons. One, I, I, my, I didn't have. I worked only from as myself, my brothers, and my dad. I, yeah. I didn't have anybody else to account for. And the type of business that I'm in, the investment business, um, uh, it's something that you can you can do. You can. Uh, it's intense, but you don't have customers and clients and. Yeah, the um, phone's not ringing and, with problems of the day to day yeah, I've, I've got very a very small team, yeah. and and the vast majority of the time and intellect is focused on making the investments rather than dealing with all the other things that you do in running an operating business. So that gave me the freedom and time. Uh, my time was my own. So, you know, if I wanted to do a, do a band rehearsal in the afternoon, I, I could. Yeah. Know? Or I didn't. I just get up early in the morning and do my work. Yeah. You know, I didn't have to go to an office. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, in, I didn't have the rigidity of um, of uh, you know, an eight 
eight to eight to six job. Yeah, whatever, you know. So I was able to uh, to blend in my responsibilities uh, in the in the investment business together with the things I really wanted to do in life. So I sort of, I guess you can say, I lived my life in reverse. I did a lot of the things people do early and then they go on to, I did my, I did my business career first and then that enabled me to do other things. Which is probably the more sustainable way because you've, you've sort of laid a blue, a blueprint and a base that, you know, has allowed you yeah. to do that in the way you want. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess so. It's uh, yeah, I didn't, it didn't, it just sort of, you know, the best things just happen. You know, a lot of people think a lot of things are planned, but you know, yeah. men plan and God laughs. Is it, is it um, with the music side of it, are your brothers yeah. into music at all? Or were no. you that? No. no. So they were like, no. we just don't get it because a lot of people are like just, that. No, my mother, my mother and myself, my mother was a very good pianist and she uh, got me music lessons at, uh, at a young age. And uh, I used to listen to classical music with um, children's stories. Oh, they were wow. actually they were seventy eights. Wow, seventy eight RPM records I used to listen to. And so I had a, always had a thing for music, and I had a good ear. Um, I can, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I got a reasonable musical ear, and I learned the basics of music at a young age, and. But I, I did always want to be in a rock and roll band, and you know I had a go at it as a teenager in a garage band, but we weren't very good. And I was actually playing bass guitar at the time, and then I just stopped. And then uh, one day it was it was late nineteen ninety nine. I was walking through the city of Sydney, and I and I walked past a music shop, and I don't know what happened, but I saw a, a, a guitar caught my eye in the window of the shop. And uh, I remember as a kid, I used to go to school in the city and there was a music store called Harry Landis uh, in, in Park Street. And he always had the guitars outside on the street. And I'd get the bus every day outside this music store in Park Street. And um, I so wanted one of those guitars. Uh, and uh, I, I I couldn't have one. My father would, either wouldn't buy me one or we couldn't afford it or something. I, did, we did, I didn't grow up like I am today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we started. <laughs> so, uh, and then I'm walking past this guitar shop in the city. That shop's long closed, but um, I thought, well, geez, I can just go in and buy it now. And I went in, <laughs> put my credit card down, bought a guitar, took it home. And I remembered a few things from playing and I got one of those books and there wasn't YouTube in those days, how to play guitar. Maybe there was, but I didn't, didn't know. And just started teaching myself. And I got a opportunity on, on, on the millennium on, uh, you know, turn of the century. Uh, New Year's Eve is actually my birthday. And oh, so I had a party for the, for my birthday in the turn of the century. And I, I got a, found this cover band to come and play. And I thought, well, geez, you know, I asked them, I asked the guy who, who, whose band it was, can I, can I play? a couple of songs with you. He said, well, can you play? I said, look, I'm just sort of starting out, but give me your song list. And um, they gave me the list and I picked four or five songs that I figured I could do. At the time I could only, I could only do downstrokes. So, <laughs> but they said, well, do a rehearsal with us and, and see how you go. So I learned those songs very diligently and I did a rehearsal with them. They said, okay, it's your party. <laughs> it doesn't sound too bad. 
you won't embarrass yourself too much. Give it a go. <laughs> so, so I played and I said, well, this is really good. I am going to do this. <laughs> I really, really enjoy it. And that's how I got started. And then I, then I had my own cover band. Um, and through a series of circumstances, we played at a, a big charity gig uh, uh, called Corporate Countdown, which was a remake of the television show Countdown. Oh, okay. It used to be on the ABC. Yeah. And um, you entered your band in it and it was a big charity affair. And, and uh, they gave you, uh, they gave each one of the entrants who, who were amateur players, typically people in large companies, a local rock star to work with and who would, who would play or sing with you. And I got Doc Neeson. Oh, wow. So, so that's how I met Doc. And, uh, and him and I struck up a friendship and we played a couple of angels. We covered a couple of angels songs in the, in, in the cover band. He said, would you like me to come and sing with you one night? Cause the angels had broken up at that time. Could, I couldn't believe it. He said, I said, sure. <laughs> Be pleased. So he he came. We did we did a gig actually. Oh, I forget the name of the hotel. A hotel in the city somewhere. Forget the name of it at a pub. And uh, then Doc and I got to talking, and uh, and he said, "Do you think you could write songs?" I said, "I don't know. Never done it." But he said, "Well, let's get together and try." So we did. And from that, out of that came the band Red Phoenix. Wow. At first, it was called Doc Neeson's Angels because Doc had split with the other guys yep. and Jim, it was Jim Hilburn and him. And then uh, myself and another guitarist, Peter Northcote and, uh, uh, and Doc wanted to go out as Doc Neeson's angels. He couldn't use the name, the angels the, I think the Brewster brothers owned it or something. Yeah. I'm not, not sure. And so we went out and played as Doc Neeson's angels, which was a real blast for me. I couldn't believe it. I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. standing on stage playing with Doc. Uh, and from that grew out the project um, uh, Red Phoenix. And we did an album. I'm very proud of that album. I co-wrote a number of the songs on that album. And then, unfortunately, Doc wasn't well. And we, we started to tour the album, and he just wasn't up, up for it. He just couldn't do it anymore. He just he wasn't a well man. And uh, so really that that project, um, we, we, it, it folded in a way. Uh, and I was looking to do something else, and I uh, met uh, uh, David Edwards, uh, who's the manager of the Dead Daisies. And David had just finished managing in excess. He managed in excess. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, he did uh, he did the TV show Rockstar in Excess to find a new singer. For, yeah, I remember that. Yep. He said, "Look, if you want to do something new, I I mean, there's." 10 people that were runners up and they're all really good. And maybe you should meet a couple of them and see if something gels and try and start a band with them. So I did that. I met a, a couple of people and then I had, had quite a good um, rapport with um, um, Neil Carlson, who was one of the runners up. Uh, and we started a band called Mink and we did an album uh, and we took, we actually toured in America, toured in Canada. And then uh, Neil, wanted to start having a family and uh, you know, the normal things that happen in bands yeah. also it was around the time of the financial crisis in 2008 and I got very busy at work. 
things were things were you know in the investment business at that time it was very complex and difficult and I couldn't pay attention to the music anyway. Yeah. So I stopped music for about three years and then in 2012, David Edwards said, "Well, you know, why don't you talk to John Stevens? He's looking to do something. You're looking to do something." I met with John and he said, "Well, let's try and write together." And we went we went away for five days and wrote 30 songs. <laughs> uh, we really we really gelled well together. And um, he said, "Well, okay, we've got some songs. Let's do an album. Uh, great. We're, we're, how do we do that? You know, where are we going to?" He said, "I've got a friend in LA, uh, very good producer, works very fast. We'll go there and we'll spend ten days and we'll do the album." So can you do it? Can we do it? 10 days? Said, yeah. And that's exactly what we did. Uh, oh. And then we came back to uh, from doing that. And then late 2012, we started to put a band together to, to, I pl- I'd also played with um, John uh, in his solo thing. Uh, you know, he, he did a lot of solo gigs. Yeah. I played in some of those gigs with him and we played some of the songs, the early dead Daisy songs that him and I wrote together. Um, and then we came to America and started touring, and we toured uh, in Europe as well, and uh, and and in the US. And then, uh, uh, then John and I uh, split. Um, he wanted to do different things. I wanted to do different things, and uh, we're still we're good friends. And uh, I count him as a friend. Very proud of. Um, I learned a hell of a lot from him in about about songwriting and performing and things like that and still count him as a friend and um then uh john karabi joined the band uh i mean i it really take me hours and hours to tell you the whole story but that that's really the genesis of it and then yeah john wanted to go and do his solo thing and then glenn hughes i bumped into glenn hughes somewhere <laughs> okay we did a couple of albums with glenn and glenn now's off doing his own thing again and john is happy to rejoin us so that's where we are I mean, that's a very shortcut way. It's and, been 10 years, quite a journey. Yeah. And, and, and like, even if you look at the caliber of what you guys put out, it's, it's so, um, first rate and professional, you know, it's, it's an incredible sound that you guys have. It's yeah, this, exactly. it, you can really tell it's, um, working with masters of their craft. That's yeah. the way it comes across. Yeah. Well, I believe in standing on the gi- shoulders of giants. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I want to do. <laughs> well, it's yeah, a- I got I always surround myself with the best people I can find, and that I, they lift me up. They're better yeah. than me at it, and so I'm going to learn learn from them. And uh, that's exactly what's happened. And it's um, it you know, it seems like um, you've got these guys where they're at a point in their lives where there's all of the the difficulties and the challenges that come with young musicians and bands starting up and the infight, that's all gone. And these guys are just here to play, be creative, have a good time and, and do what they do best. And that's how that comes across to me is what the dead daisies are. Look, there's a, there is a downside to it in that people, uh, it's people are used to doing their own thing. And so they don't want to just do the one thing. And, also my time is a little bit limited because of the other other things I need to do so everybody's time's got all line during the year and it hasn't always happened and that's why we've had changes of band members and also if guys have had solo careers that they sometimes want to go back to it 
yeah. John Karabi did in 2018. He said, I want to go and do my solo thing again. And Glenn was with us for three years. We had two albums. He was keen to do his solo thing. So, And then, you know, we originally had Richard Fortas playing guitar from Guns N' Roses. And and I, I always knew Richard was going to go back to Guns N' Roses. And I hung on to him as long as I could. As long as I could. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, he, that, the opportunity Slash rejoined with Axel. And, mm. you know, I... I never want to hold anybody back either. And it was Richard's career. So uh, he went and joined them and he, Richard introduced me to Doug. So who was just finishing up with Whitesnake. So the, 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 the plus side of it is, is that you don't have all those things you have in a young band. Yeah. The negative of it is it's very hard to keep the same group of people together. Um, which which is not easy for the fans sometimes, but look, yeah, 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 it's not I, it's not yeah. a, it's it's not a perfect it's not a perfect world. No, but I do think, and I I know exactly what you mean because to me, I look at it as this uh, world of opportunity. Someone else comes in yeah. and brings something in, and you don't yeah. know what you're going to get, and then that morphs yeah. into something else. There's always sure. this evolving creativity and uniqueness and openness and freeness that exists on that mm. that platform. But then I do yeah. see what you mean that certain fan members are like, oh, I, I only want this. I'm expecting yeah. to hear yeah. this. But what I yeah. do think you guys have done, and and I, it's, it's something that I think a lot of bands miss out on, is you've managed to keep the essence. It's like when someone yeah. turns up, they understand the, the job, and the job is the sound yeah. and the performance. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, I've, yeah. I've got it. I yeah. get it. I'm one yeah. of you. Let's just add yeah. my own contribution, which That's is so right. unique. That's, it's such a unique it's good. thing. No, yeah. yeah, it's a good vibe. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's not without disagreements from time to time, um, but it's a good vibe, and it is a. It, I like to work in a collaborative way. There's no yeah. dictatorial things. It's a collaborative. It's a collaborative uh, effort, and I think that brings out the best. That's what works for me, anyway, to, be, yeah. to collaborate with other people. Um, and I think what we've got is the essence of a mixture of Aussie rock and. British yes. rock and American rock, and yep. it's familiar. It's it, it it's familiar to people. I think there is, uh, 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 you know, it's not something that you haven't heard before out of the box. There's a familiarity yeah. to it. It's new. It's new classic rock, and that's exactly yep. what we set out to do. And yep. that's who we are. In any it, case, um, so. it reminds me. It's a similar sound and similar level of of. Certain bands just get this, and I think it's again coming back to the masters of their craft that get it. Um, because yeah. Billy Thorpe used to always go on about anyone oh, yeah. can be loud, but it's it's understanding sound dynamics that make you sound good, and it's yeah. it's little things like that that I think um really bring it together. And the only other band that that does what you said, which is a new version of classic rock, is Electric Mary here in Australia, yeah. And yeah, they get yeah. it. They've just got this enormous yeah. bottom end bellowing sound yeah. and it's all the yeah. best bits from the past, but taking it yeah. with the new dynamics of the modern world yeah. and you get yeah. magic you, you, like yourselves. Yeah. It's absolute magic yeah. for a person yeah. that's into that style of music. There's nothing else better. Yeah. No, it's good. But yeah, and we've had some, had some moderate success, you know, globally and uh, played it, you know, we can, Play to yeah, fifteen hundred people in Germany. In most in most cities in Germany, thousand odd people in most of the UK and Europe. And uh, America's harder. The the rock scene in America's harder than really in, uh, in yeah yeah. Our, our fan base is bigger. Is is really? Uh, I mean, we've got a lot of fans here too. But 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 in Europe, we we have we we draw bigger crowds in Europe. 
Wow. Yeah. A lot of, a, a lot of bands, especially Australian ones that tend to make it um, over yeah. in Europe and over here, they'll yeah. do their two, three, 400 room. Um, That's right. Over in Europe, they get a following and yeah. they just absolutely love it. Yeah. And it's people assume yeah. that America has that thing because of the huge population, no. but um, yeah, it's, it's not, it's rock is not big here. I mean, if you want to play country or hip hop, it's okay, but rock is not. Cause that I was going to say the comparison of Australia versus America, but, Obviously, we're both in that where we all look to Europe for that style, if that's yeah. where you want to make it. And yeah. with the so now you've got the um, the greatest hits that you're going to essentially yeah. be releasing this year. Yeah, which yeah. Um, is you know a huge achievement. But obviously, picking yeah. uh, only a handful of songs when yeah. you've got this enormous collection and such passionate yeah. people behind yeah. every song is yeah. uh, was it a challenge to narrow the field in? Yeah, look, uh, it's not easy to do that. Um, but, you know, we've got uh, the management of the band, uh, which I take no part in, by the way. I just, I just play guitar. <laughs> uh, uh, that, they, they figure out what people have liked, what gets played the most on, on the streaming platforms and what people oh, want to yeah. hear. It's a combination of, it's a combination of what we want artistically and what they think people want to hear and will we'll buy or stream, you know. Yeah. So, um, uh, I mean, we've got we've had six original albums. I think probably sixty original songs. We've got a couple of covers on some of the albums, but sixty probably probably sixty original songs. So we chose oh, we chose uh, ten of them. So uh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I think my, I think I think we put um, Fortune Sun on there, which is obviously a cover. Uh, yeah. yeah. And any plans to come home and do a round through the capital cities? I'd like to. Yeah, it's just uh, trying to make it all fit together um, is, uh, is 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 the hard thing. Um, trying to get the time right and the time right to play in Australia, the time right to play in those cities, yeah. combined with another tour that we might be doing. In, you know, like in, we we are going to Japan this year. We thought maybe we could go from Japan to yeah. Australia, um, but but we we got booked in Europe straight after Japan, so that, oh, you're going back the other plan. way. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's what the you know the promote the look. You know, you you can try and make all these decisions yourself, but there's promote the promoters run the market, and uh, fans and promoters, and so in a way, you're not master of your destiny. And uh, I was hoping we could we could get to Australia after going to Japan, which is in in October, early November, but it hasn't this year. It hasn't worked out that way. We'll try. Well, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people hanging out. Definitely be a lot of yeah. people hanging out. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, David. Thanks so much. I appreciate your sure. time. I really appreciate you making okay. the, the time of Good. your evening to come on. Sure. For sure. All right. Okay. Thanks, David. Thanks, mate. Yeah. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for making it through to the end of the show. If you wanted to find out more about this episode, head to bumpingintocomau Don't forget the .au. And find the episode page. Uh, There, there'll be some links and some more info about the guest and all of the topics and items that we spoke about. Feel free to have a look around and check out any other episodes while you're there. And if you think that someone else would enjoy what you have just listened to, please do feel free to hit the share button. Thank you again for having us in your ear space. I truly appreciate it. And I hope to catch you on the next one.